Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. How to stop overthinking and get into your body. Hi, everybody. It's Diane here with my friend, Ashley. Now, let me tell you about Ashley. She's like really cool. She's a gifted person who geeks out on nervous system embodiment, learning ways to bring all of that stuff in your head into your body so you can feel whole and complete in ways probably some of you have never felt. Because we live in a society that's so overly weighted in how smart we are and use your brain. And people don't think about their bodies too much a lot of the time until they're sick or there's a problem or injured. And so when I met Ashley and I really love her passion for being in our body and in our mind, not one excluding the other, I said, will you please be on the show? And she said, yes. So Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thank you so much for having me. And I am a total body geek. I <laughs> Everything about the body, I just think it's just the coolest thing. It started so innocently in learning anatomy, and then it just exploded from there. Like we are so much more than our anatomy. And it's just been, it is my life's work to just keep deciphering it. I love it. <laughs> So, so when did it all, when did all this like turn on? When did you like start learning anatomy and go, whoa, there's more here. And you, you started going down this, this path. How long ago was that? Uh, probably 15, 17 ish years, like since I've been in school. So I started in personal training and I just remember my first day of anatomy class, like I opened up my textbook and I saw it was the skeleton for like the head, like the skull. And I was like, oh my God, like there's so many bones that make up just the skull. And it blew my mind. And then the more I learned about anatomy, I was like, this is so cool. Like it just, it was, it's the most universal thing about us is how our bodies are laid out. Like we have the same blueprint, just a little bit different. Some people have extra pieces, some people have less, but for the most part, like we're like, that's what really connects us. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And then it really kind of took a different, a different turn while I was actually training people because I would be like, hey, I'm going to get you to flex this muscle or like make sure you engage this muscle. And my client couldn't. I was like, what do you mean you can't flex that? Like it was an obvious, like a bicep, you know, like, what do you mean? Like, so I was like, where's the brain body disconnect here? So that was one. And then another one was in sessions, uh, people would just start having emotional outbursts. They would get really angry. They would get really sad. They would get really like all like, like out of nowhere. I'm like, whoa, like, and it happened enough times that I was like, okay, like something, something's going on here. So between those two things, they kind of happened enough. I was like, something's not connecting and there's so much more there than just the anatomy. And so that's, that's where I dove down the rabbit hole. And here we are like 15 <laughs> years later. <laughs> well, and it's you're you are um, sparking memory in me or I don't know how many times I've told my, my favorite trainer over the years, I used to say, how does it feel to be between me and me just shooting somebody or doing some crazy thing out there and just acting out because I could just feel all this emotion coming up. Mm -hmm. And back then you could say something like that and, and not, you know, think that there was, you know, it was some crazy thing. Um, but I, it was an expression where I'm like, whoa, all this energy and anger and gooky stuff. I didn't even know where it was coming from, but it was like really big. And he was this big, cool, loving guy. I loved him. And he's, 
I go, how does that feel to be between me and that, you know, acting up? And he, he just laughed and smiled and we kept on going. And then you also reminded me of when I used to do Bikram yoga all the time. Okay. I love yoga. And um, Bikram yoga, the other, some of the other yogas I don't resonate with very well. I think it's because I'm really short and I look at the tall, long people and I can't be like a tall, long person. So visually it's hard, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I'm an athlete. So I could, the, the Bikram was more friendly to my mind. Mm -hmm. But I remember there were certain poses that every time I would do them, that I would just like, cry like anything. And then as soon as I came out of them, I was fine. And everybody was like, oh, well, you know, sometimes you do that. But nobody said anything like, oh, you might want to look at that grief or pain. Since then, I've sorted that out. But everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, yes, I have experienced those things with my trainers. <laughs> yeah. Right? And like, it is a very natural thing to have that release. But it's like, but what am I releasing? <laughs> what, what, what was in there? Like, that's like, that's the question that's. I started asking, I was like, well, what's even in there then? So what are people releasing? Oh man, emotions. I mean, like that's the long and short of it. It's just emotions. It's it's um, however you want to describe it, whether it's trapped emotions, stored emotions, anything like that. Um, through my education with Bodynamic, they really break down the stage of development. So from the second trimester in the womb all the way to 12 years old, what muscles come online? And online means that you have consciousness that your body can activate them. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a disruption in any of these stages of your development, that is potentially where those emotions are being trapped. So like that would be that specific muscle that gets stretched or that specific area of the body, right? Like that's where that kind of comes more into play and can give you more of an idea of like what particularly could be stuck in there. So could something be stuck in somebody if it's not just like physical pain, but like what I'm thinking about is a lot of gifted people are bullied when they're young. Totally. Sometimes as adults. And so that kind of emotional, mental, um, I would call it abuse or trauma or something like that. Does that get stored in the body in the same Absolutely. way? Yeah. Any trauma is a very like, um, it's a really big word. Like it's a very all encompassing word. And like, it's not, trauma isn't just like a physical offense. Like trauma can be emotional. It can be verbal. It can be, it can be physical. Like there can be different versions of it. And like, depending on how it is acknowledged and then dealt with is whether or not the body holds on to it. So yeah, if you're bullied a lot when you're in school or teased or not supported or whatever it is, like that stuff sticks with you unless you have an outlet to help you kind of process through that and ground in. Ah, cool. All right. So, so far, everybody who's listening is going, oh my gosh, that's me too, whether they're going to admit it or not, because I've teach this all the time that the body bears the burden that our body is take, you know, moderating and holding on to whatever we're need to heal or release or whatever, for whatever reason, the muscles, the bones, the tissues, the organs hold on, it bears the burden. So whenever we get physically sick in a certain area, then that correlates possibly to a spiritual or emotional or physical mm -hmm. disconnection, I call it. I try not to use the common words. Um, so what do you think is one of the most effective ways for somebody to get started? Like if somebody was going, all right, I have all this, this stuff I want to heal and I want to really work on the, my body part of it, mm -hmm. not just talk therapy part of it, but I really want to get in my body because I overthink where, do, where does somebody like that start? Like most of my clients, I tell them, you're not a brain on a stick. Like we have to get some of your energy awakened down here. <laughs> right, so, yeah, beyond the head. <laughs> right. So how do, how do we start that if we don't even have a reference point for some people? 
such a good question. And you're right. It, it's it's hard to like, that's what makes the healing so difficult is there's no forward anchor. We always kind of behave and react on what we know. And so even if we want to change that behavior, we want to change that pattern. It's difficult because like, well, what does that look like? What does that feel like? It can be very confusing. So just throwing that out there, the forward anchor is a difficult thing. So where to start? Um, first thing I would start with is really acknowledging how amazing it is that your brain works the way it does and that it's able to think of all these things and connect all these dots and like really understand a concept. Like that's a big deal. It is a superpower. All of our defense mechanisms are actually superpowers. So really just like giving yourself a lot of love that you have this ability, right? So it's not about like changing who you are or like making it better. It's adding. We're always adding. So when you bring the body into it, we're adding to that superpower. So we're not taking anything away or trying to change anything because there's a lot of fear around like, you know, well, who will I be? How will I be? Like, I don't want to change. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's a lot of fear of change and it's like, we're not, we're not taking anything away. It's always about adding. So first things first is really acknowledging you got superpowers and that's awesome. <laughs> so I love that. I love that. Cause that's what I always tell people. We have to make friends with ourselves and realize it's always yes. And mm -hmm. we're not getting rid of people. It's like, I'm listening to you. I'm going, Oh my gosh, we should have known each other a lot earlier in our lives. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm like, whoa. Well, it's like, and a good example of that is anybody who's like a people pleaser, right? Like always doing for everybody else and doing and doing and doing. Like that's an amazing thing to be able to anticipate needs, to think far ahead like that, to plan, to be organized. Like those are great skills. Keep doing it. But now that you're aware of it, you get to pick and choose who gets that energy from you. Like who gets to receive that? So it's not, you're not just giving it away and you're also not never using it again. Right. It's like you're going to use it for yourself and who who has earned it from you. So it's like you get to keep it. <laughs> We're not changing any of that. It's just you're going to give it away intentionally as opposed to reactionary reactionary. But back to your original question. <laughs> so no, so first thing is we acknowledge it. We love it. We give the body all the love. And then a lot of times, and this is like my own journey too, I'm very much from my head and I've been working my way down. Like and I and I know this about myself. And so any kind of like physical movement is really good. So like whatever makes makes you happy to move, but be aware of your body in the movement. So this isn't necessarily about doing anything like just for the sake of doing it. If you're going on a walk, feel how your foot hits the ground and how the other foot lifts off. And like, you know, how do your arms swing? Like just, and just, just be aware of it. You're not trying to fix anything or anything like that, but it's just like, oh, my arm, like my left arm actually moves a little bit easier than my right arm. Or like, you know, just be aware of how your body moves and just little things like that to get into your body would be one thing. So any kind of movement, whether that's stretching, high intensity exercise, cardio, whatever, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> if you're moving, we're doing good. So that would be one. And then another one is it's a little bit more uh, subdued, but just learning what is your skin boundary? Like where, where are you in space? So physically, like just like squeeze your body, like squeeze your arms, squeeze your, like squeeze your chest, squeeze your stomach, like just do like a pat down if you want, but like, where are you? <laughs> like, you're not just here, but like, what is the outline of your body? So like understanding your skin boundary. And then the third one would be actually settling into your body. So we can do, um, do you want to do a quick exercise? Yes, let's do it. I was about to say, I want to, I want to try this because everything you're saying so resonates with the work I do with people. Um, and, and I believe it to be a saving grace, especially for overthinkers and gifted mm -hmm. people in their head. So yes, let's do one together. So yeah, let's say you're like, you're just in your head and you know it and you're just like, like you just can't quite get grounded necessarily. A really nice thing to do is you're just sitting on your chair and you want to make sure your feet are flat. Okay. So your I feet are flat on the floor. Your hands are just on top of your quads. Okay. And you're just relaxed. Like you're sitting upright, but you're not like, you know, you're, you're stacked nicely. 
You're not leaning or swaying. And then you can just close your eyes. And then I want you to take your attention and bring it to the top of your right hand. So just feel your right hand on your right quad. And we're just going to hang out here for a minute. And then from your right hand, take that energy and attention down your leg to your right foot. Right hand to right foot. And then from your right foot, across to your left foot right foot to left foot from your left foot take your energy and attention bring it up your leg to your left hand the left foot to left hand. And then from your left hand, bringing it across to your right hand. So your energy and awareness from your left hand to your right. And then just take a minute and observe your breath. Don't change it. Just see where it goes. And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So I would do oh, that circle. Great. So from your hand to foot, foot, like that square, right. I would do that two or three times, uh -huh. checking in on your breath, kind of just periodically. And it's the checking in is literally just checking in like, oh, I'm really breathing high up or like, oh, I can feel my whole rib cage or, oh, I'm breathing belly dip breaths or, you know, like it's just being aware of what it is, not trying to change it because that's the awareness that's going to tap you into your body. Oh, that's cool. All right. So yeah, and like the the intention of, doing like the hand on the leg going down to the foot is you're bringing that energy down and through your body and kind of filtering it through and again it's just awareness like whether you you really feel your hand on your quad or not it doesn't really matter it's just like that's where your awareness is going so it's taking it from up here and allowing your body to kind of filter it through that's really cool because when we were doing it i was like when you said to go from my right foot to my left foot i'm like Oh, okay. So am I supposed to be taking the energy? Like my brain wanted to overthink that direction, which <laughs> was very simple, right? <laughs> like it tried to like have a conversation and I meditate a lot. So I'm like, right foot to left foot. You're like everybody in there, be quiet. Stop the chatter. We're following directions. And then, then 
that overthinking part of me settled down. It was like, okay, we're following direction. And I could feel it. And at one point I could feel both of my feet tingling a little bit mm. and, um, and all of that, that was really fun. But I noticed my brain trying to help. Mm-hmm. Which is adorable, right? Like, thank you for that superpower. But right now, like you're on a break, take your, take your union 15 or whatever it is. <laughs> you're, you're on break. Right. And that's right. also why I would do that sequence a couple times. Right. So like, just for the sake of the show, we'll just do it the one, but like in real life, I would probably do that two or three times to allow that chatter to kind of just go away. <laughs> right. And I like your, I like what you're saying. It's like, thank you very much. And you're not on stage right now. So it's okay. You can go take a break or whatever you want to do. That's fine. But we're, yeah. we're good. Yeah, Cause like it's that. easy to be like, Oh, I can't stop thinking like my brain won't start. Like we can definitely go down that spiral so fast. Right. And that's the fastest way to be dis- like to disassociate from your body again. Whereas it's just like if you give it some love, like, hey, thank you. Appreciate that. I don't need you right now. Then it's a right. lot easier to kind of quiet the the noise. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So what mm-hmm. is the benefit? The benefit of of being integrated in, in your body and not just only in your head? Like, what's the value of this? Oh, man. I'm like, how many hours do we have? <laughs> well, because a lot just, of I get, people ask me that question, like, so what? Big deal. I'm always in my head. And I'm like, well, I think it's a big deal because, you know, we want to be integrated. But from your v- viewpoint, wh- what's the point? It really depends. Maybe somebody, like maybe some people really are just happier in their head and they don't have any issues. Cool beans. Like if that, if that is enough for you and you're feeling good in your life, then that is great. And though, if you feel like something's a bit off, or if you're feeling kind of stuck, or if you're feeling in a rut, or you notice that you're like, oh my God, like this thing is happening again, or I'm having this conversation with this person again. Like it's just like when it's the repetition kind of starts to become obvious, it's like, okay, maybe that's a time for integration. So I find like the value is vast. Like you're, I mean, you can sleep better, you have better overall health, like you are feeling more grounded, you're more in your body, like you just you have a clearer head, you're sharper focused. Like there's so many benefits to being integrated. And though you can't you can't force it on anybody. You can bring a horse to water. You can't make a drink, right? Right. So it's right. like you have to want to have that. And genuinely, if you're happy just where you're at, well, like that that's okay. Like that, right. That's okay. Yeah. I say the same thing. If you're happy, go for it. And okay. if you're feeling disconnected or not satisfied or something's missing, yeah. you may want to explore other things. That's that's usually when the body's kind of like, hey, like I need some attention. Like that's what it's trying to say. But yeah, if you're not feeling that, then that is okay. <sighs> That's cool. That's very cool. So is, can you give us a, without disclosing confidential information or anything like a little scenario of somebody you've worked with and like, how did they start and how did, what did they do? And like, give everybody an idea of what it looks like to start from being in your head and overthinking and coming into your body by giving an example. Like if you could tell like a little small, you know, story, story, of a person that you helped. Mm. It could be you or anybody. You don't have to say mm. their name, but more about the process. Like what, what happens? What awareness has happened? Well, it's usually, you know, I'm just trying to think of like a more specific example. Um, working with somebody, this was to get them to um, not get them. It actually wasn't even an intention in the session. It just kind of came up that um, creating boundaries with a parent. And the conversation was had a million times in their head about what they wanted to say to their parent, what they wanted to like, you know, express and like create said boundary on, but could never articulate it. Mm. And so through working together, we did a little bit of role play of like, hey, well, what would you say? Like, how would it maybe go? But also we did a lot of like, how do you be, how do you feel 
um, or how can we make you feel like solid in your body? Like where you're really like, you're coming from a place where like you can feel your feet while you're talking. You're not like, uh, so I wanted to just bring this up because like, do you know, like you're, cause that's coming from up here. Like that's not a grounded conversation. That's a conversation that's very much fearful, which is fine. Like that's fine. But it's like, how do we get it from like the belly, like from like, you know, the bottom of your being where it's like, listen, this is what's going on. This is how it's affecting me. This is how I feel like where you can really just come in very grounded. Um, so like this, it came up with a lot of fear. So in the moment that the client, after our session, when the client actually went through and spoke with their parent, like they metaphorically were pooping bricks, like they're, oh my God, oh my God. But like at the same time, their voice was very clear. They were very articulate about what they wanted to say. So like they were equal parts scared out of their mind and equal parts like in awe of themselves like oh my god like i'm doing it i'm doing the thing like i'm actually saying it and so like that was really cool and it's because we did exercises like i say we did the repeat back and or like the the role playing but we also did a lot of like physical movement with the role play like actually expressing it verbally and with the body at the same time so that when the time came to have the conversation the body was like okay like i know what to do like i know how to stay present i know how to do this and yeah so like i i wanted to just throw out there that like it's very scary when you first start doing it and it doesn't feel great and it feels really weird. And it's like, Oh my God, am I doing it right? Like, I don't think this is working, but it is like, it's just, it's new. It's a new experience. You've never done that before. So it can be scary, but it gets better every time you do it. Right. And I think that's the benefit of having somebody in your life, helping you along the way so that it is scary and it does feel off and you're not really sure. And so to have somebody there to reinforce and help guide makes a lot of sense, mm -hmm. you know, cause I, I see a lot of people in the world kind of addicted to what I call familiar pain, where totally. it's they've been in pain for however long it is, at, and it might suck, and they might tell you it sucks, but they know the rules. Like, this is terrible and awful, but I know the rules, and so I'll stay here because I don't know what's on the other side. Totally. And like, I want to change, but I don't know what that looks like, and so I'll just stay here, as terrible as it is. And I don't, I don't think anybody deserves to live that way. You know, they can choose it, but I don't think anyone deserves that. And what I hear you talking about is a, is a real kind of um, anchored way to say, you know, you don't have to live mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. You just well, like what, what you're talking about there is like when you get used to that kind of pain, it's probably because it's all you've ever known. So mm -hmm. it's, it's become part of your identity. It's part of who you are. It's how you be. So if you are taking that away or trying to heal it, well, then you're, who are you? And that becomes the scariest question. Like, I don't know who I am without this pain. I don't know who I am without this kind of like crutch, even though it's a horrible toxic crutch and you know it, but it's like, I don't know who I am without it. Whereas like, yeah, you start integrating the body and just like feeling that energy of your beingness. And it's like, I don't even care who I am, I am without it. I'll figure it out. Like it just becomes a different energy that it's yeah. like, it's like, I'm excited to know who that person is as opposed to like, oh my God, like that's terrifying. That's so wonderful. So do you notice um, people starting down the road and kind of wanting to be in their body and stuff and then they they run into some kind of resistance of some sort and then then run away from themselves? Oh, others? Ebbs and flows. I've done the same thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like you, you get kind of like, it's almost addictive to feel that good because like it's it's a feeling you haven't had like when you have those resonances and you start to understand things better and you really feel your body and like you i don't know when you start putting all these things together it's so exciting but then at the same time it's very taxing on the body like it's exhausting like you need some downtime to really 
allow it to integrate sometimes. So like ebbs and flows of it are like, that's totally, that's totally okay. It's all part of it. Right. It takes a lot of energy to heal and rectify things. Yeah. And it's startling because like you think like energy output, you think like, oh, doing a marathon or exercising, like I'm tired from that. It's like, oh, I had a therapy session. Like I shouldn't be tired. It's like, yeah, yeah, you should. Like you're working on so many different energetic levels that like you need to treat it like a marathon sometimes. Like you need to train for it. You need to nourish your body. You need to get sleep. You need to get your water. You need to like take your rest days. Like it's, it's, it's an event. Yes. You know, I say all the time, I'm sure you're going to agree with this too, but it's like everything you're saying. I'm like, she's using the words I'm about to ask about. This is like really fun, but (laughs) it's like, we're not machines. Not like that. It takes energy to do the work. And so if we're starting from a place of being depleted, the first order of business is to charge up our batteries so that we can actually Mm -hmm. do the work. Mm -hmm. You know, so what do you do to charge your batteries? Oh, my favorite thing to do is nothing. Like actually, like actually nothing It is the best. So I pick at least one day a week, like usually a Saturday or a Sunday. And that is like, I am just a vegetable on a couch. I do not care. Like I'll watch TV. I nap all day. Like I just, I might get something done. I might not, but like, I just, I do nothing. So that's one of my favorite things to do is just nothing. And it's, it's surprising how difficult it can be to do nothing without feeling guilty or without feeling like, oh, I could at least get this done or I should do this or, you know, the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. It's like to actually just do nothing and really enjoy it. Like it takes some training, but it is, it is worth the training. Um, so that I really enjoy doing that. And then movement, like movement every day, or at least attempt it every day, like some sort of activity. <clears throat> um, what else do I like to do? I like to read books that have nothing to do with anything. Like, you know, like the YA fantasy kind of novels, mm-hmm. give me one of those series. That's great. I love getting lost in those books, right? Like just a whole different world, like something totally distracting. Um, and then obviously like friends, I love hanging out with my friends, chatting with them and just, you know, sometimes like just sitting quietly together too and watching a movie or something like just being in connection is really, really cathartic. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think as humans, the human connection is really valuable. And I think it's yeah. important for us to keep our batteries charged and be connected to other humans, totally. even if it's watching a movie and being quiet or yeah. if it's having a gourmet conversation or whatever it is, but being able to just feel and experience being connected to others, I think is so important. It's like the number one thing in the world, pretty much like in all the studies they've done of like seniors and stuff. It's like, like having that connection, like that coffee meet with the friend once a week or something like that is a motivating factor, right? Like it is a very important thing, sometimes more than nutrition and sleep and other things, right? Like it's connection is literally a life source. Yeah, I say connections, the correction all the time. So everybody, if you're listening to Ashley and you're going, oh my God, this is really amazing, then go to the show notes and connect with her in on social media, check out her website. And uh, she works with people virtually. So no matter where you are in the world, if you're really attracted to what she's saying, connect with her and see what happens. Go with that energy and see what happens because if you're connecting, there's a reason. So go to the show notes and connect with Ashley because she would love to hear from you. And so I have some other questions. I'm not done yet. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that there's ways to contact you in the show notes um, so that if they're feeling it, to do that. Uh, What kind of things do you do when you get stressed out? Like we all have moments where we're just cattywampus, right? Where our mind and our body and everything's all bleh, you know? So how do you get yourself back from those like stressful, weird days or whatever it is, you know? Well, first thing, that is a fun word, catty, catty wampus. Uh-huh. 
Casual. I have never heard that. That is fantastic. <laughs> so, well, first thing I would do would think of that word because that would just make me smile. So, um, so on those really stressful days, what do I do? Um, just let it be a stressful day. So I'll. what I like to do is um, I like to check in what kind of stress am I feeling? Like what what is actually going on? Like so I'll be like, hey, body, like, do you need a drink? Like, do we need some water? Do we not get enough sleep? Do we need a snack? Like the, the, the classics, like, let's cover those basics. And then it's like, what am I feeling? So there's seven universal emotions. So I'll go through the list of seven. I'm like, hey, are we feeling angry? Are we feeling sad? Are we feeling joyful? Are we feeling shame? Like, I'll go through the list and like, just kind of like, listen in for those pings. And then it's once I've kind of narrowed down, like, do I need a snack or anything like that? And what emotion am I feeling? I can navigate a little bit more because then it's like, it's not just energy that's happening. It's like, oh, okay, this is this is what's kind of going on. And depending what the stressor is, I might just leave it. Like, all right, we're just gonna we're just gonna have an angry day. Like, okay, we're just gonna be like, we'll just tell people to just keep a little distance. We're just having a day. Like, we'll just back up. Um, other times, it could be like, okay, what is like what is actually under here? Like, is this is this reminding me of something subconsciously from the past? Like, is this like a trigger that's kind of coming up that I need to address? And maybe I can journal about when I'm a little bit calmer. Like, there's no sense trying to figure things out when you're stressed. Like, just wait till you're calm. But like, make literally make a physical note. Like, put it on a note to go back to later. Don't just mental note it because you'll forget. <laughs> like, write down like, hey, I'm going to go back to this later. Um, but for the most part, if it's just like a stress day, it's just it's just one of those days. And that's okay. Wow, that's really cool. So this question is, this is one I, I, um, I was thinking about after we spoke the other day. And and we're talking and I'm like, I would love to hear what your heart and intuition have to say about the impact you see of your work moving forward into the world. Like the more you really help people and work with people, what kind of impact does your heart and soul see happening as a result of this really neat rabbit hole you've gone down? Well, it's super cliche. So, um, I always had the dream of like, how can we make the world a better place? And I, again, this is where the cliche is very heavy, but like, really, how do we, how do we make the world a better place? Like there, if you really sit down and think of everything that's wrong with the world, like it is overwhelming and there is no end point and trying to like fix it. It's like, okay, well, if we change this and did that instead, but like, there's too many variables for one person to consider it. Like, it's just, it's just too much. And so it can be very depressing and hopeless. And so what I find with this work is that, or what I found in this work and in my like years of doing this is like, you can only ever be responsible for yourself. So like, if you're doing the best that you can in any given situation and you're doing your own work and just, you know, doing what you need to be the best version of you, then if everybody kind of does that, I really believe things would like sort itself out a little bit more. Like, these global issues would become a lot less. And again, I get that this is a really big, maybe even like naive dream, but I really believe like we can be better people, but it's it's up to us to want it and up to us to actually do the work on it. And it doesn't have to be this overwhelming thing. It's not like you have to be in therapy for the rest of your life. I mean, if you want to, that's cool. But like you have your whole life to like really really figure yourself out. But if you're if you're if you know deep down that you're always doing the best you can with what you've got then like, I just think that forward movement just brings in a better world. And like, I even just see like our Gen Zers and like my friends who have like teenagers and stuff now, I'm like, oh, like they're already so much more in tune and like, like they're, they just, they just see the world so much differently. 
And I think it's because like there's this generation of people now that have been doing so much work that it's creating space for the ones that are coming up that it's like, this is how we can evolve into just like better humanity. Okay. That's, that's really beautiful. So what, when you say the word better, better humanity, better world, mm -hmm. would you mind describing what that looks like to you? Like when you say the word better and you close your eyes, what do you see? I would love to. That's what I can't figure out. And that's what I've been like working on forever. Like, what does it look like? It's going to look different to each person. But okay. I think there's like, there's a lot of mutual, like a mutual benefit in this world. There is a lot of mutual connection in this world. There's integrity. There's dignity. Like there's, there's these like overarching like pillars, themes, and values that I think would be there. What it actually looks like, and I I don't know. Like that's part of the dream is like trying to figure it out because I have. I'm like, okay, what would this world look like? And like I I I see green hills. I don't know if that's anything, but like that's literally all I can kind of imagine. I don't I don't know what it would look like because it's too big for me. Like to actually think of the world as like a better better place. Like I don't I don't I don't know. And yeah. I know there's so much. Like there's everybody has their their participation in it and they're like their own unique thing that they can bring that would probably make it way better than I could even imagine. Right. So it's like mm -hmm. I don't even try to imagine it anymore. I'm just like, OK, like I guess it's more bringing forward those values. So like the dignity, mutual benefit, mutual connection and integrity. If we move forward with that, like I, I don't see how we can go wrong. So that would be the better. I what love else? that. Like, I, don't I don't know. That's beautiful. <laughs> and And I think. Dignity and care and compassion and kind and love and generosity. I think that is what it looks like. And, mm -hmm. and I think in a physical form, it's different for everybody and in every culture, but yet that's the thread. Mm -hmm. And like those I, themes would still be there. And there would be this, like, that would be where like the mutual respect, mutual benefit would come from. Cause even if somebody has a different way of expressing it, like you can still see it. And like, there's just this, I don't know, mutuality in it. So there are going to be people who um are going to have the question so i'm going to ask it it's not i i think i already kind of understand but i would love you to speak to all right we're seeing a better world and bringing us out of our head into our body and all that that's fine whatever right like they're gonna go okay okay so connect coming into our body and being a whole being to coming into a better world like how is being in my body better if it hurts at first how is being in my body better it hurts so bad <laughs> if I'm awful. not even sure if I'm not sure about it? Like I have to walk through the darkness to get to the light. Is that, you know, like, is that how it works? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like if if I'm in my familiar pain and I don't really want to go over there, but I want to go over there. What do I do? You just take your time with it and do what you can. You do what's ever in your capacity to do. Right. Like it's not up to one of us to fix everything. If you change even one, one toxic pattern or you address one toxic pattern or you end one toxic family chain, like if you do even one thing, like that is huge for the entirety of the world, right? Like you don't have to fix every single thing about your, well, that fixes the wrong word. You don't have to address every single thing about yourself. Yes. Literally just take on what is the capacity that is good for you. And remember like the whole point in going through this is for that joy on the other side is for that light on the other side so like don't stay in the in the gunk of like the healing stuff because it, it is heavy it's dense and it's intense and like it, it's easy to get lost in that and feel like that i need to feel that if i want to have that joy or i have to go through this to feel that not always right and it can be really easy to get lost in that like healing journey toxicity almost that it's like well what is the point in doing that unless you're going to choose the joy on the other side 
So it's a matter of like still choosing that after two, which I think I know I've gotten lost in it and realized like, why am I even doing this? Like, I'm like, this is miserable. But I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm not choosing joy anywhere. So I had to learn how to choose joy. So just take your time with it. You're not here to fix everything at once. And you have your whole lifetime. And if it gets to be too much, just take a pause, like take a break, come back to it. Like there's, there's no timeline on it. Oh, I am so glad you said everything you just said. I'm so glad I have goosebumps actually, you know, because it, it's like, I see so many people and I've got caught in it too, into the heaviness of healing and working on myself and personal development. And if I read one more self-help book, I even did a blog once called self-help is an oxymoron. And you know, and it's like, it gets so heavy and pathologizing that that's not the goal of it. The goal of it is the joy. <laughs> right. And the freedom. Well, and like the you goal know? is to like have these tools and have this awareness of yourself. But with right. that awareness becomes like, you need discernment and nuance. Like, do you need to pick apart every interaction you've had? Do you need to analyze every single thing that happened that day? Like, no, just let it be. Like, just sit back and pick and choose what needs to be addressed. Like, it's, it's not everything because then you're going to drive yourself crazy. And that is just no fun. Right. And then, and that doesn't work either. <laughs> oh, now we have different problems. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So I have a couple questions to end the show that I want to ask you. But before I do that, was there something that you had on your mind that you wanted to share with people that I didn't ask about yet or we didn't bring up so that you can, I can make sure that, you know, you feel complete and done when we're done. And then I'll ask my last questions. Um, I would just throw out there. So I guess one thing when it comes to the awareness of self and if you're having that issue day and like, how do you reflect back? Um, the different ways of reflection. Okay. So like there's journaling, like your classic journaling. And what I like to tell people is that it doesn't have to be grammatically correct. It doesn't have to have punctuation. It doesn't have to flow. It doesn't have to be politically correct. It can just like just verbal diarrhea on a page. Like that's great. It can be a post-it note. I don't care. So journaling is whatever it means to you. Uh, another way is just pondering, like just remembering, like taking your little sticky note reminder and then taking some time. Maybe you go on that walk and you just kind of ponder on it. So pondering contemplation, like just kind of that's when you can be in your head a bit, right? Like think right. about it a little bit. Like, where is this kind of connected? And then the meditation, like that sitting down quiet, kind of like bringing it internalized like that. Those are all great ways to reflect back. So there's not one way that's better than another. And depending where you're at, what's going on, maybe you choose journaling this time, maybe next time you choose contemplation, right? Like you can kind of mix and match. Um, I've had so many clients that it's just like, oh, I hate journaling. I don't want to journal. And it's like, cool, don't journal then. <laughs> Do something else. So just know there are options when it comes to comes to that awareness and kind of digging deeper into yourself. Like it's not one right way or another. It's just whatever is most right for you in that moment. Right. It's your, it's your way, you know, and not everybody's yeah. the same. I have some clients that really dislike journaling. And I have some people think that all meditation is, you know, sitting in a lotus position, which they can't even physically do and mm -hmm. eating, you know, nuts and berries, I think. And I'm like, well, no, you can actually meditate walking or exactly. swimming. I have several clients really. And that now they swim laps and meditate and do their totally. pondering while they're swimming and that's meditation. So we, we're allowed to do it our own way that works for us. We don't have to fit in a mold. Mm -hmm. And you can change the way you do it. Right. Maybe the swimming doesn't work anymore. Maybe you, maybe you just get distracted now and you go to something like, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's beautiful. Great. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Cause that, that's really helpful. I think for a lot of people. So the second to last question is, um, What's the most memorable food you've ever eaten in all of your life? Like when you think back, the most memorable thing that you've ever eaten. Oh, that is like strangest or just most memorable? Memorable. Okay. Well, I was in Iceland and I wanted, I'm not adventurous with food. I'm just not. 
And I thought, okay, I'm going to try something really different. And so I did. And they, one of their, the things they like to eat there is, um, I think it's almost like dehydrated fish. And then, so it's almost like a jerky, dehydrated fish, and you dip it in butter. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. And I did. And it was okay. <laughs> like I wouldn't have more of it, but it was very memorable because I was very proud of myself for trying something different. <laughs> I went out on a limb and it didn't kill me. I did. It, it didn't kill bad. me. Yeah. <laughs> Like, would I have more? Probably not, but I tried it and I'm very proud of myself. So. Oh, I love that. That's a good one. Okay. So the, your final question of the day is if we were going to put a billboard up that the entire world was going to see with your message on it, what's the message you would like everyone to see on your billboard worldwide? Oh, the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is like, just take your time. Oh, I love that. Take your time. Just, just relax. Take days off. It's all good. Just take your time. Take your time. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. So I want to thank you, Ashley, for being on the show with me today and having this Thanks great having me. I could talk to you for hours and hours about this stuff. Maybe okay. I'll have to have you back if you're willing to do that. Of course. I think, I, think that, I think we could cover a lot more bases as well. So thank you so much. So remember, everybody, put your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star. You are here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there and let your light shine. And as Ashley says, take your time. Until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.